So blind, thirsty, dead. You can't miss the scriptures this weekend. This week, if you're following your book, I asked you last week, uh, chapter 32 goes with a lot of what we're going to reflect upon this morning. Uh, the chapter is entitled, What's the Problem? It's us. <laughs> Not surprising. If you didn't get one of these, pick one up before you leave. The scriptures this weekend have a lot in them about death. But I got news for you. The main, the main focus, though, is the fact that all the graves aren't in cemeteries. And sometimes we're the ones digging our own holes. In fact, sometimes maybe you had somebody say to you when you were growing up, keep it up, you're just digging yourself a hole. That's where this came from. Have you ever wondered? That's where this came from. And so the first reading that you have from Ezekiel really is a wonderful one. It starts off by saying, oh, my people, I will open your graves and have you arise from them. And in the earlier part of this, a few verses right before the cutting that we had today, the section that we had today, is that vision of dry bones, where the Lord sent the prophet Ezekiel out on the plain. He said, now look out here, and it was just covered with, with carcasses, but not of animals, but of people. And when the Lord sent his spirit over them, they started to rattle, and the skeletons came together, and then they were covered with sinews and flesh. This is the stuff of movies. But if you don't believe this, you might as well go home. Because all of this that we hear about in these scripture readings is the truth. And so I want you to think for a minute this morning, if you go out to the cemetery, your spouse, your kid, your parents, your grandparents, whoever's buried out there are going to rise again. And if you don't buy that, then everything else is a fairy tale. Everything else is a fairy tale. We hear, we hear the scripture say, I'll put my spirit in you. So there's going to be two resurrections. One is of our physical body, and the second one is of our perfected soul. It's a promise. Now, I'll tell you something. A God who can't do that is not worth believing in. So these scriptures force us to figure out what we actually believe in. Nobody can make that decision for you. You need to figure that out yourselves. So when we hear about not Lazarus or the blind man or the feeding of the 5,000, um, it happened. It happened. And so God's not just some kind of a, a feel-good guy or a good psychologist who makes you feel good. No, he brings you back to life. And so we hear that with a reading today from Romans. Uh, and he says uh, to us, if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in you, then you will not be in the flesh. And that spirit came unto us the first time at baptism. So last night in Elkader, I baptized a little smiley Warren Raymond. He was a cutie. He just kept going. It wasn't gas. It wouldn't last that long. That's when it started. It was at our baptism. It strengthened at confirmation, but it starts at that point in time. And so this 
account that we have today in the gospel, the raising of Lazarus, is just kind of like an appetizer about what's really going to happen at the end of time. What's really going to happen at the end of time. With one exception, our bodies will be raised suddenly, in an instant, the scriptures tell us. But our souls are resurrected gradually. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Beginning with baptism, the Spirit's at work in our lives, but we need to be saved, we need to be re resurrected all the time from our racism, our uncharitableness, our judgmental attitudes, our gossip, our deliverance from porn and drinking, our obsession with money, thinking that everything is about what we accomplished. That's what we need to be resurrected from. And the thing with that is, and I read this in the commentary this week, raising Lazarus from the dead is a heck of a lot easier. Think about it for a minute. I've never seen anybody be raised from the dead, but I'll bet you he was really glad to be out of there. I'm sure that it didn't happen that Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, and he goes, oh, I don't know. Let me think about it. I don't know if I agree with being raised. No, the Lord said, untie him and let him go. And he didn't say, you know, I kind of like being tied up and wrapped up and people thinking that I'm dead. Didn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way. I think for us, we sometimes kind of like it. I think we kind of like being where we're at because the thing that we hate the most in life is change. And so, Dead people and cripples never want to stay the way they are. So there's no resistance. But in us, hmm, not so much. I don't know if I want to be healed or not. We bargain. Well, I'll do this if you do this, as if God is a game show host. Or we compare. Lord, if you think I'm bad, go down the road a quarter mile to that guy's farm. He's a bigger jerk than I am. Oh, so now God grades on the curve. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We resist change. We rationalize. Why? I think it's because we become accustomed to the stench. We become accustomed to the stench. We're not sure we want somebody to roll the stone away. Did you know that of all of our five senses, our sense of smell adapts the quickest. That's why, you know, your kid comes in and goes, God, you stink. No, I don't, because they don't notice it. Or the person who puts on way too much perfume or cologne, and people around them are going, they don't smell it. It's because our, our nose adapts the fastest. Well, that happens in our spiritual lives as well. We get used to living in that stench. The best example I've ever heard, and maybe I've shared it with you before, is I was at an open AA meeting one time and a guy was given a testimony and he said something like, well, you know, people always said, you know, they said, why don't you stop drinking? And he said, the best way I can explain it is that it's kind of like you got an electric hot plate and you put your hand on it and it's burning the heck out of your hand, and you smell the flesh burning. But it's the only thing you know, and you're afraid to take your hand off because you don't know what will change. 
stench. We get used to it. Not every grave is in the cemetery. We dig our own. Or we get comfortable with it. And Jesus all the time, every day, calls us out, not into death, but he calls us into new life. We go, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, that's going to be an interesting discussion on the last day. You can raise me from the dead, but you can't change my mind. And even more importantly, you can't change my heart. Now, Jesus can raise us from the dead, but he will not make us love him. That's a decision each one of us have to make on our own. Nobody can make that for us. So he wants to call us out into new life. But you and I, probably because of original sin, but that's not an excuse. We're thirsty, we don't know for what. We're blind, we have blind spots. We're dead, there's stench. And all Jesus wants to do is to untie us and set us free. Do you believe that? I hope so.